2: Who will
3: make it into the championship four?
4: This is a complete coward move. The
3: bumper to the back of the
4: 24! No,
2: no, no, no. A drag race! They're sideways! When it's time to fight. Chase puts the pressure on. Ah! Denny Hamlin not happy. But how do you
0: know f- I wanted to win. When it's time to go. It's
5: time
1: to go. Hi, welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Nate Ryan here with Steve Latart. Dale Jarrett, we just saw it's Martinsville week, which means (laughs) grandfather clock, which is going to be chiming for the winner of the race. But that also means time is going to run out for four playoff drivers this Sunday on NBC, Martinsville Speedway, and a lot of pressure on all of these guys, DJ. But I know that one guy you're really focused on is Denny Hamlin, who comes in below the cut line, the winningest driver of these drivers at Martinsville. But yet he hasn't been all that great there lately.
6: Yeah, I, I think that's the surprising thing. Is you Every time you say Martinsville, I mean, the thing that comes to my mind is Denny Hamlin and how good he is there, the people that he has taught to be good there uh, over the years and then help teammates understand what it takes. Uh, but his, his wins um, haven't come recently. That's the thing. I guess he dominated there uh, at one point. I think this, to me, in, in looking at this, and Denny's been under uh, the microscope and in a lot of pressure-packed situations But I just believe because of everything that he has going on, uh, the point in time he is in his career, uh, to me, this seems like the most pressure-packed race that maybe he's been in. And, uh, you know, we've seen him have some good results, but we've also seen probably more on the other side of not good results in these type situations, so... um, I, I know that they had a good test because surely to goodness they can't run as bad as they did the first race there, um, you yeah, know, which was just so uncharacteristic. But uh, so many things can happen at this that, that might be out of his control uh, unless they have the car that this driver can go and control this race and control his destiny. Uh, but I think maybe the most pressure he's ever felt uh, going into a race.
4: Well, what I learned in Miami is I don't care who was good at the test because heading down to Miami, I had a whole <laughs> list of cars and none of them looked like yeah. that on the racetrack. Yeah. So I've learned testing apparently isn't a very good uh, you know, We've precursor. We've both done that a lot, haven't oh, we? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm glad somebody else is doing <laughs> it now. Uh, but to your point, when I look at Denny Hamlin and the 2022 playoffs, on track, in my mind, it's been very quiet for Denny Hamlin and quiet in a good way. He's having a good year heading into the... Last round or the last race at Miami, he had the best average finish he'd ever had in the playoffs. He had scored the most points leading into Miami of any playoff drivers. He was doing what he needed to do. Now, off track, I wouldn't say the same thing. He has one driver that was suspended for a race. He was in the media center talking about car safety, right? He's been in a lot of conversations, but behind the wheel, it has really been kind of quiet and quiet in the right direction. The problem I have is that has led him to now being minus five. So, while I would think quiet would be exactly what Denny needs, I'm kind of with DJ here. Like, his quiet approach and this quiet demeanor and this quiet performance has been good enough, but I don't think quiet is going to do it at Martinsville. Yeah. I just think it's going to be a. Um, I just. You look, you saw the highlight reels. I'm not going to pretend to predict what's going to happen because you never can, <laughs> but I am very confident that something will happen. There is going to be a moment, there's going to be something that none of us can believe a kind of jaw-dropping moment. We get it every time we go there. And I think Denny Hamlin, if he wants to advance, needs to either be completely out of that moment and not Uh caught up in it, or be the one creating the moment and perhaps winning the race. Well, Denny Hamlin was in
1: one of those moments a year ago in this race, where Mm -hmm. even though he didn't necessarily have winning speed, he was in position to win this race and get his first win since 2015. And then Alex Bowman shows up, and we get the hat (laughs) quote. We get Denny Hamlin stopping Alex Bowman's burnout. So... Uh, we didn't see the most eventful of races at Martinsville in the spring, DJ, but, I mean, to Stevie's point, it seems like this track, especially this time of year with all this pressure on these seven
6: drivers, we're probably going to see more moments like this Sunday. Oh, I think certainly. I mean, it, 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 the earlier race is probably not a good barometer at all because the first time really, uh, you know, other than the flash on made-up short track, um, was <laughs> it, it was this, the, the first venture into that with the, with a the short track in this car, uh, the tire, the weather played a factor into it because we know that anytime you get cooler weather uh, and radial tires, they don't seem to go together a whole lot. So a lot of people have done a lot of different things, including the teams and the drivers. They know this car better, uh, so we know the racing is going to be better. I think we saw a big difference in the first race at Richmond and what we saw the second race at Richmond uh, to tell us that I believe the racing can be better. And, And I really believe what Goodyear did, even though it was in June, yeah, temperatures were up, but I think they took into account probably what we're going to see which is going to be a high temperature around 60 degrees on Sunday afternoon and even cooler than that by the time the race is over so uh uh, but hopefully it lays down some rubber and we see some good racing to, to see these type of moments I mean I really believe that you know this schedule is set up uh as good as it can be to for me uh to for what NASCAR racing was built on and and where it should still be today and that's You know, we we end and find our final four drivers, our championship drivers, uh, on a short track here uh, for the ones that haven't locked themselves in. And then we go to what I still consider a short track at Phoenix, because they cut the dog
4: leg. It's actually not a mile long. So, well, listen, uh, e- even a mile Just physical it. distance. Yeah. It's less yeah, than yeah, a mile. So I hope right. right. so right. Dale yeah. Junior's watching because even a one-mile racetrack <laughs> is a short track. Short I don't track. care what he says. There's yeah. brake ducks We're going to be using brake. <laughs> so this is what I will say about Martinsville. I agree with uh, DJ's sentiments that a lot of work has gone into improving the racing from a fan aspect. But I don't want to hear about the racing from the competitors. I don't care if it's hard to pass. I don't care if there's less passing or more passing. My point is, if anyone leaves there out of the playoffs and that's an excuse, then they haven't paid attention. They haven't paid attention for the last 34 races. It is going to be a challenge. What is the challenge? We, We don't know. Challenge might be track position. Challenge might be a lack of overtaking. You have to run in a very efficient race. And, and on Monday, if the fans don't love what they see, I'm okay with that. They have every right to their opinion. But if I have a, a, a competitor say, well, we needed something different because that's what would have advanced us. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Time out. <laughs> you know what this racetrack is. It is Martinsville. Yeah. It is Martinsville. It's been track position for the last 20 years. No one's driving through the field. Um, some years is easier than others, but it's never like you're going to – it's not Talladega. You're not going from 31st to win on the final 100 laps of this race. So the challenge is real. Who adapts, I have it down here, and who shows up on Saturday? You know, we had a couple years here through the pandemic where we had the metric and the this and the that, and we lined them up off points, and it was impossible to figure out. Now we've had an entire year of these very abbreviated practices from Pit Road. So you've had a whole year to figure out how to make those an advantage and how to learn from them. And then qualifying, and it's real qualifying. Run your laps, fastest cars start up front, so it's not bad luck or, oh, shucks, it wasn't our chance. You have the chance to change your weekend with a good performance on Saturday uh, before the Xfinity race and practice the qualifying. Yeah, and qualifying has been the talk all
1: week. I mean, we heard Kyle yeah. Petty say on the show on Monday that he thinks, for these seven drivers, the most important qualifying session of their career, not just yeah. this season. So, right? so
4: you got to be good. You don't have to be great. That would be yeah. my thing. Um, and, and, DJ, if you're my driver, we're going to have to, like, have this serious conversation. What is our goal? Are you all in 10 tenths? going for the pole, and maybe hit the curb or lock up a left front tire and qualify 22nd, if we have a good car, I would probably be actually coaching you the other way. I'd be like, hey, man, if you think you could give me 95% and put me in the front three rows, that's good enough. I'd love to be on the pole, but please do not put us back there in 24th or 26th because I'm just not sure I have a Magic 8 ball to get us back to the front.
6: I only know as a driver there, and there's a lot better drivers at this track than, than what I was Probably. But every time that I had a really good car that I thought I could go qualify in the top five, I screwed that up because (laughs) the harder I tried, the worse I went. And, and, you know, there, there were drivers that, you know, literally used to put chips in so that they wouldn't overdrive in qualifying and get too far into the corner because Invariably, that's what I did in trying to get too much, locking up the tires, not allowing the car to actually do it. So I think you're right in talking your driver into that, and sometimes you could actually go run faster by not trying as hard to go faster. And
4: in the field, I feel very confident that, say, third or fourth to, say, 23rd or fourth, will be like a 10th yes. or 12 100. So, mm-hmm. so it's not mm-hmm. like, oh, I made this. If you make a big egregious mistake, you might as well just stop because you're, <laughs> you're going to be nowhere even. I mean, it is yeah. going to be stacked in there. So uh, that's why any mistakes are going to be multiplied.
1: Well, I know one driver who's concerned that he doesn't make any mistakes in qualifying. He's actually going out last. Ross Chastain comes in in the best points position of the drivers who have not locked in. Joey Logano has locked in. Of the other seven drivers, Ross Chastain is 19 points above the cut line. But he qualified 27th. For this race in April finished fifth, but did not qualify well. And when
5: I asked wait, him, wait, wait, wait,
4: wait, yeah. wait, he qualified 27. That's impossible because nobody passed in the spring. How did he go from 27 <laughs> he, to fifth? He that's said it took a while. Impossible. He
1: said it was a hundred laps of passing, like you know, eight cars at a time. It, it took a while. Okay, so, so it can't but, be done. But I think, to, you know, in his case, he wants those stage points, right? Like he's he needs to qualify well because if he has a really good
4: first stage second stage then it kind of yeah. takes
1: care of itself at that yeah. point right
4: well yeah. so that's really the point if we go back and we look at miami right we had we had william byron had a really good race fell off at the end he still scored the fourth most points yeah. even though he finished outside the top 10 you know we talk a lot about stages and i know it seems like a talking point but the simple fact is top fives and top tens don't tell stories total points earned tell stories now winning is still trumps all if you win it takes care of itself but if you do anything other than win scoring points and the total points over the course of the day. So to your point, the stages, you know, if you can run just inside the top 10 or top five for a couple stages, that takes yeah. a lot of pressure off at the end of this race. And, and if Ross Chastain qualifies 27th again, he's probably You're not going to get stage there. points.
1: And certainly in the first stage, maybe in the second stage. Uh, as I mentioned, Ross Chastain addressed the media earlier today, and we have some sound of him talking about how his season and how his playoffs have gone so far.
5: Yeah, each race day has it it felt feels different than than uh, the bulk of the season the early races in this in February and March felt this way and then it kind of got more normal and and they have gotten a bit more normal but the roval woke me up that this can be gone in one corner of any lap of any race. So, um since the roval right back like race day is different. Um, I'm going to say I probably got a little too comfortable and that I could just kind of glide through the robo and that one uh, that one grabbed me and almost, you know, canceled out our whole body of work of the entire year. So nothing fun about the nerves or the butterflies and everything that I feel, but it is cool to look back on and I'll always remember this, I think, but it it's not pleasant in the moment like I wish they would go away but it's everything we've we've worked for so. Um, If I wasn't nervous, I would probably be lazier about a lot of things. So um, I'm on this eternal, you know, running treadmill of trying to be prepared and um, try to be as prepared as I can for Sunday.
1: So as I mentioned, that was Ross Justine. Imagine that over the course of about 20 or 30 minutes. And that was (laughs) kind of his demeanor throughout the entire interview. And I just didn't sense a lot of confidence, DJ, of a guy who has finished – Runner-up in back-to-back races yeah. is in the best points position. Granted, he's talking about how he's got the nerves maybe lingering from he almost got eliminated by making that mistake late at the Roval, but uh, I think we tend to forget it still is his first playoffs, and I think you can hear in his voice he's not counting himself into Phoenix yet yeah. at all. Yeah. Well, I
6: think you only have to go back a couple of years. I mean, he, he wasn't even sure of what ride he might have, what series it might be in. So, so if he said he wasn't nervous. I was sitting there watch As I watched that, he would be lying would be what he would be because you, I don't care who you are and how many of these you've been through, uh, this is still a nervous time when you're going to a place like Martinsville and, and have to get the job done. Uh, you know, he was so close in these last two, uh, you know, he was right there leading late in these races and having that opportunity, um, although I don't think anybody really expected to outrun Kyle Larson at the end of that race on Sunday, but he was there with a, with an opportunity uh, for, for something good to happen. Um, I think he probably has to be a little bit concerned about the body of work that, he has done all year long in uh, making all of this happen. He's ruffled some feathers along the way. Um, you know, does that come out, and do people start looking at things differently uh, when they're racing around him on Sunday? I don't know. All he can do, though, is, is go race. He's done a terrific job. It would it honestly would not be good to see him not make it because, you know, he has been one of the top five best cars and drivers all year long, if not one of the top three all year long. So uh, he's going to be nervous and and there's a lot that goes into it and and there's not going to be a more nervous time than, because he understood what what happened the first race and how long it took for a a poor qualifying effort to recover from that and have a good day. He doesn't want to have to do that on Sunday. And Stevie, I heard you say earlier today, I mean, DJ just referenced it. This is a guy who's had some
1: history with guys this year and... If you're a guy who has history with him and you go to Martinsville, this is where the plausible deniability, as you said, comes into effect. You can ship a guy and say, oh, that's short track racing, right? Well,
4: the, the beauty of Martinsville is, so So let, I wrote Dennis down. He, he's nervous because of what happened to him at the Roval. Yep. He thought he might have got a little too relaxed. And then I wrote down here he's nervous because wrecks can happen at Martinsville. And then I wrote in bold feuds. Yes. And he's had a feud at some point with the majority of the field. And Do I think someone's going to go into Martinsville with the intention of spinning Ross Chastain out? I do not. But 100 laps in, 200 laps in, 300 laps in, when you get to the edgy of your nerves, I think that you, um, at every point in every corner, you have to kind of cut somebody some slack at Martinsville if you want to help your day and theirs. And I think very few are going to cut Ross slack. And and to your point, uh, that plausible deniability is you don't even have to wreck a guy right? It, there'll probably be 24, 26 cars on the lead lap in, at the end of Martinsville because there's yeah. always a bunch of yellows and people get to wave around so we're going to have this big field. So he's running inside the top four in that final restart and you just send him up to the asphalt. Right. Don't even wreck him. Yeah. Just send him up. By the time he gets back down in line, gets his tires cleaned off and gets going in the right direction, there's 20 points. Yeah. You know? He's yeah. only up. He's only He's 19 to on the good Plus right now. Plus 19. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the difference. The difference is, because I know there's all this conversation about retaliation and the Bubba rack and him turning Larson. And all of that has definitely brought some attention to it. And, and I believe that that perhaps is actually helping Ross's case a little bit. Mm-hmm. That I think other drivers mm-hmm. are like, man, I was going to ship him, but I don't know if I can go in there and just send him now because there's this, this new way that NASCAR has decided to think, which I appreciate what NASCAR is doing. But if there's any attract that you can really make someone's life miserable, it's Martinsville, right? You can, you can block the bottom lane. You can make them ground the outside. You can not let them clear off the corner. There's just so many different ways. But I will say what I did see out of Ross was picking and choosing his moments better than perhaps he ever did last week. I can't remember when exactly it was in last week's race, but he literally pulled over, DJ, pulled yeah. over and let someone go. Because it wasn't the time to race. That's the Ross, I think, we're waiting to see. And you know what? The nerves, we should all applaud the nerves. Because that's where we're at in the season. Nerves are real. He looked like the poor kid who had to give a speech in his English class. Like, (laughs) he was scared to death. And he normally, (laughs) I know he's always very quiet, but he looks comfortable on camera. Yeah. Not
1: right there. My man looks scared. No, and like I said, that that was 20 minutes of that, of just like, it was almost painful to watch at times. And I just wanted to, like, reach in and say, like, look, man, you know you're up by 19 points. You've just finished second two races in a row. But DJ, I guess to Stevie's point, if you're gripping the wheel for 500 laps, maybe he doesn't qualify well again. Maybe he doesn't get stage points. And he's got to be worried about even running in the top five, maybe getting spun in the last 10 or 15 laps. And that could mean the difference between advancing to Phoenix and running yeah. for a championship and not. That's, I don't know how you can really put all of that aside and just compartmentalize for three and a half hours like that.
6: Yeah, it's tough to do. I mean, it's a hard race to run even when you're not thinking about all of this and have everything on the line that's on the line for him and for this race team. I think he feels a lot of pressure, not just for himself, uh, beca- but because of all of the attention that track house racing has gotten this year. And for good reason. Uh, unbelievable job that Justin Marks and everyone there, Ty Norris, everyone, they put together a phenomenal race team and organization. And it would be great to see them have this success early, and so i think that ross feels a little bit of that weight too and, and the pressure that that's put on there one of the hardest things to do at martinsville besides just driving your car is to be looking in the mirror to make sure that someone isn't taking a shot at, at jumping down not not to not to wreck him or anything but just to try to take a spot away uh, just racing there and so as you're looking in the mirror, you're either missing your mark by going too far or not going far enough. So there's a lot that goes on in a situation like that. And it's one of those places, spotters are good, but they can't tell you and you can't react quick enough to what a spotter might tell you that's going on, especially on the entry to, to these corners. So uh, it's a tough 500-lap afternoon uh, when you're trying to, to do everything right and not make any mistakes uh, makes for a difficult afternoon
4: you know i just described the best racing the entire year for the record write it down martinsville is hands down i think it's the, the the toughest test we talk a lot about the length of the southern 500 it has its challenges and the 600 has its challenges but there's just something about short track racing something about where we all grew up seeing and it's this half mile and that's the point the point is this is the every car here is going to have both sides beat off it at the end of the race. Yeah. And that's what racing, and that's yeah. what the NASCAR fans should be cheering for.
1: Well, and this is a track that has a lot of meaning to you as well. It's where you won your first cup race yeah. with Jeff Gordon in 2005. You won your last cup race there with Dale Jr. in 2014. Yeah. Um, what would you tell Ross Chastain? If you, if he was your driver as the crew chief, if somebody's had so much success there, how, how would you kind of coach him into getting through this race?
4: Uh, I would say if we don't advance out of this race, make sure it's what somebody decided to do to us, not what we've done to ourselves. We, ourselves, this one car, track house, us, everybody in that organization is what I would tell my driver. Yeah. That group has got us to here. Everybody said we wouldn't, but yet well, here we are, plus 19. We're the highest guys in points. I'd give him all the reasons why we should be advancing and just make sure that whatever happens is not what we did. Right? Whether someone decides to wreck us or send us up or does that, that's fine. We're going to have a lot more years. You're a great race car driver. We're going to be back in the playoffs again. Don't let all of that noise affect what we do. If we qualify well, if we score stage points, and we don't make it, then that's okay. But don't let all of that, the what-ifs and could-ifs and the nervous guy on the camera, like, I would try to have the swagger back. I would be hoping, you know, I would be telling Ross Chastain, move him before they move you. Like, be you. Like, you're the guy that got it here. I don't love his style. But if I'm his crew chief, I'm going to embrace his style because... He's my guy. If he's my guy, I want him to be him. He's plus 19. Everybody told me he shouldn't be here. Yeah. Everybody told me it shouldn't work and it couldn't work and it won't work. Well, he's one race away from proving an entire list of naysayers wrong that they don't know what they're talking about because he is one solid Martinsville race, not even a win from being in the championship four. Yeah, and again, not just him, but to G- G.J.'s point, I mean,
1: Trackhouse racing will be in the same echelon with Hendrick, Penske, yeah. Joe Gibbs Racing, if he can get them to Phoenix. It's like, on one hand, it's going to be a great Cinderella story if they make it. But if they don't make it after getting so close, I'm sure there would be a ton of disappointment.
4: But, but I think I look at the opposite. I really believe that um, mission accomplished for Trackhouse. I know Regardless. that sounds silly, but I think Regardless. if I was okay. Justin Marks, yep. that's probably what I, I would probably. My meeting today would have been, hey, we said at the beginning, we've seen all the soundbite. Why not us? Why mm-hmm. can't we do it? I would basically walk in there and just say, guys, you proved it. You proved that everybody else was wrong. There is, why not us? There is no answer. It can be us. Yeah. We're one step away. Let's not take it, Let's not take it for granted. But this one race isn't going to define Trackhouse. We were nobody liked what we did before we showed up. Nobody's going to like what we do next year. Don't worry about it. It's going to be just fine.
6: Yeah, and they, they would already be through if it wasn't for two former champions having <laughs> great races yeah. at, at Las Vegas and and again at, at Homestead last weekend. Yeah, uh, you know, you got beat by two champions of this sport uh, yeah. to to keep him from being there, locked in, and going on. So you, you're right. Yeah, focus on the positives. You know, we can't we can't control what other people might do or what we what they're saying they might do, uh, just go run the race that you and hope that that's good enough.
1: All right, sound advice from a NASCAR Hall of Famer and a Martinsville-winning crew chief for Ross Chastain. Uh, this show, of course, is about the callers and the fans, and we've got many lined up here to talk to us on NASCAR American Motor Mouths. We're going to get started with Chandler. Chandler, welcome to Motor Mouths.
2: Hey, guys. So, honestly, you know, In my own opinion, when it comes to certain tracks, you know, like Talladega, you know, anything is possible. And I feel the same way for Martinsville for many reasons. Like when you look back in 2015, you know, nobody
4: expected Jeff Gordon to win that race and all of a sudden go into the championship for the same with Chase Elliott, who won Martinsville in 2020 and all of a sudden won the championship that same year. In my opinion, I believe
5: that Chase Briscoe, in the must-win situation that he is in, might win the race. To be, He'll have to be aggressive as he is, but, you know,
4: we'll see what happens. But, you know, that's my personal thoughts, but what do you guys think? All right, so Chandler
1: wondering, I just said track house obviously is, is a Cinderella story, but the biggest dark horse of these playoffs yeah. obviously has been Chase Briscoe. Uh, chances it's must win as we look at the cut line, uh, the
4: standing series, 44. He's got to win. Can he do it? Oh, yeah, listen, I'm not going to say he can't. Um, that would be inaccurate. He's proven he, he can. He's proven it uh, by winning Phoenix earlier in the year. He's proven it by being in the finish of a lot of these races. But I would have to say that um, this isn't Phoenix in the spring. This isn't the regular season. And I think it's already been a success for Chase Briscoe to feel what it's like in the Cup Series, in the playoffs, and the pressure that comes along. Um, can he? yes. Do I think the odds are very long? I do. I think it would be it would be an amazing win, a career highlight. Um, but it would be it would be the sh- the biggest shock of perhaps anybody in those eight. Uh, Briscoe going back to victory lane at Martinsville would be a big shock, um, just because of his experience, not because of his talent level. I think at some point in his career, we're going to say, "Yeah, of course Briscoe can win." Yeah. But I'm not sure I'm quite there yet. Yeah,
6: yeah. I think just that. I think it is that the the lack of experience at this particular track. Um, I think certainly the the cars have equaled that up some and and where it's made it where the experience factor isn't as large uh, as what it once was. Uh, But but being in a moment where you have to do that, are they ready as a team? Because I don't think they're going to go there and have the fastest car and the fastest driver, but can they somehow work some kind of magic? We've seen all kinds of things uh, from staying out whenever it seemed impossible that somebody could stay out on those tires and go win the race. Uh, once you get out front, there's a lot of things you can do as a driver yeah. to take a car that isn't as fast and maybe your talents aren't as great as somebody that you can hold them off and win a race. And we've seen it a couple of times with this team already at, yeah. uh,
1: at Vegas and at Texas where they were completely out in left field the first half and they just discovered that second half magic. Unfortunately, at Homestead, it seemed like before they could get to that magic, Chase was pushing the car so much. He spun out. I, I don't know yeah. if, it's as easy for him and Johnny Klausmeyer to just recapture that in a place like Martinsville. It's probably a different type of track. Well, right? we celebrate the
4: recovery, but I think they're, they're, they're not celebrating the recovery. They're focusing on why were we that far off to yeah. begin with. And that's really what I think we're talking about is to be considered in the list of potential winners or more viable winner, you, you can't have great recoveries. You kind of have to be there all day, right? Because someone's going to hit it and kind of be there all day. And, and your recovery is good. But the person who's been up there all day, they've kind of figured out the restarts and the swagger and the groove. And, 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 that's, and they'll figure it out. You know, it just takes time, experience.
6: Yeah. But if he does that, we're all of a sudden oh, talking yeah. about the man that won at <laughs> Phoenix earlier this year uh, yeah. and, and goes to Phoenix as...
1: Maybe I call the him favorite. the Mr.
4: Shifter. If there's a guy shifting, it's Briscoe. He's the yeah. first guy to downshift everywhere I mean, we go. We saw it two
1: years ago. Chase Elliott wins Martinsville, and then he wins the championship. Yeah. Yeah. So certainly a pathway there. All right, more to talk about with the Cup Series playoffs. We'll come back later. When we come back to, after the break, we'll talk Xfinity Series playoffs, Martinsville, Saturday.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play.
6: Such incredible numbers here in Miami, but has never been able to finish it and get the win. A win here in Miami is going to give him a shot with the championship
3: board. Gregson yeah, wins. Run for a championship. Good job, dude. Yeah.
2: They just kicked their ass, baby. Let's go.
3: That is the eighth win
6: already for Noah Gregson.
1: So there you go. Noah Gregson wins at Homestead Miami Speedway. That gives Junior Motorsports two drivers now locked into the championship for Noah Gregson and Josh Berry. And as we take a look at the standings here, guys, I think that, you know, we just talked about Denny Hamlin and DJ saying all the pressure on him. I think there's probably a lot of pressure on Justin Allgaier, not only because he's right below the cut line five points out, but he has been the dean of Junior Motorsports for for several years and has never won the championship just like Denny Hamlin. So... Stevie, do you think he's feeling a little bit more going this race?
4: Oh, I think for sure. Uh, Justin Allgaard missing the championship four would be an absolute disappointment and falling short of their goals to start the year. I know he's never been a champion, but consistently gets in that championship four. So good at Phoenix. We talk about this all the time. But there's just something different about this race team this year, and I'm not sure what exactly it is. Um, I always thought that their poor runs were, were, I hate to say bad luck, but it was like somebody else's issue they got in. or I, I never really put the the onus on the driver, crew chief, and crew of this 7 car. It was always something else. But this year, DJ, the 7, I mean, to be just direct, he's hitting a lot more stuff than I remember him hitting. He looks like he's driving a little bit more aggressively than his signature normal. He's always been a kind of 10 10-for-10 10 guy, but he's even over the top. I don't know if he's pressing to keep up with his, his, his teammates or not, but the, that's my, what I'm wondering is who's going to show up at All guy What I'm looking for is that 2020, 2021 wily veteran Justin Allgaier that's going to let all the other guys make mistakes because the guy I've seen this year is making a few too many mistakes of his own, I think, and that's why he kind of is in this position.
6: Yeah, I'll agree with that. That Bad decision-making. I think that's been a lot of it. Does that come from the pressures even within? Um, I think certainly you can look back and say that um, A.J. Allmendinger and a few others have put some pressure on them because there's more people in the mix. You know, we we talked, and I think Jeff Burton probably brought this up at the first of the year uh, as we were talking about the Xfinity Series, that it's as deep as it's been in a long time. So it it's, used to be that if you started in the back or didn't have a good qualifying run or something happened and got you back there, you could easily make your way back inside the top ten quickly and then just work your way into the top five. doesn't happen that easily anymore. A lot of talent with good race cars, and, and you know, it, he doesn't have to look any further than his teammates that are there. And, and that's going to be, um, they're going to be a big factor in if whether he's able to move on this uh, this Saturday or not, too, because they're going to run well. I mean, Noah's just, that's, it's been, what a phenomenal year. I mean, we haven't seen one like this in a while. And, uh, you know, he's, he could just as well go win this race and, and dash the hopes of not only Allgaier, but uh, his teammate there and, and Sam Mayer, too, uh, who, who, Ran really well here uh, back earlier this year. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, to that point, I was going to mention him, DJ. I mean, Sam Mayer is 28 points below the cut line, but he could possibly win this race. Like you said, he ran well earlier. And the guy who's last right now, 38 points below, Brandon Jones, he won this race yeah. the last time the Xfinity Series was at Martinsville. And then when you look at the points, I mean, only, you know, five points, A.J. Elmendinger up, five yeah. points, all guy are down, seven points, Hill down. I mean, it's it's
4: fairly wide open. So I think the story is this. We have two in, Gibbs at plus 30, It's about blocking and tackling, and and not that you ever want to just kind of um, go just to be there, but this is a race that Ty Gibbs needs to go just to be there. Just kind of put your mittens on, let guys go. I I know that's. Now, I don't know if he has that. (laughs) That is a great. Did you
1: say mittens or gloves? (laughs) So, to your point,
4: I don't know if he has that. This is going to be a good test of Ty's maturity because does he drive like he has a 30 point cushion? And listen, I know that's unpopular, but that's sports. Don't let the emotion or the fan base drive you into mistakes. You be the athlete, right? You mentioned Marin Jones. I feel like they're must wins. So, that gives you three guys AJ Allgaier and Austin Hill. Battling for one spot if one spot is determined in that situation. And, guys, I'm telling you, don't overlook Austin Hill. He, he has continued to improve. He has this kind of, you know what he has? And Dale Jr. pointed this out of four or five weeks ago, and I didn't quite pay attention to it, but I've watched it more and more. He couldn't be a better match for RCR. He reminds me of RC. He kind of has that swagger, kind of had that, I don't care how you do it. I don't care how you do it. This is how I'm going to do it, and I'm Richard Childress. And that's kind of Austin Hill. Like, he has that swagger. It's hmm. kind of, oh, shucks, golly gee, I'm just this, but I'm going to go out there and drive for all it's worth. And that Kyle Yarbrough kind of, I'm going to be beat right in the face as hard as I can go. And, you know, they had a pit issue at Miami with some loose wheels, which cost yeah. them some points. And, and I think A.J. and Allgaier are going in there going, if we don't advance, it's a ruined year. And Austin Hill is going in there going, no one expects us to advance. I'm going to go prove everyone wrong. And sometimes just that approach, DJ, mm-hmm. can be a big difference uh, for the driver of the 21. I think he could be overlooked.
6: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting afternoon. We talk about not as many cars do we expect on the lead lap at the end of this race, but you're still talking more than likely over 20. Um, I mean, if you're talking 15 and something happens in the last couple of laps, uh, then, you know, all of a sudden there goes, if you're running inside the top five, there goes your cushion or what had you uh, in on points and and it's gone. So uh, it's going to be Hard racing right to the checkered flag and, and c- could possibly be the, the entertainment that we're accustomed to seeing on Sunday yeah. from Martinsville yeah. could happen on yeah. Saturday yeah. to begin with. And,
1: yeah. and we could get it from A.J. Allmendinger as well. I mean, here's yeah. a driver who I think a lot of people were counting out after the opener at Vegas. Mediocre race there. Comes back, gets the third place at Homestead, and now is five points above the cut line entering Martinsville. And I think what's interesting here, guys, is... The Xfinity Series has been racing at Martinsville for about three or four years, and so you would think, like, ah, experience-wise, probably not a lot of edge here for one guy or another. But you look at it, I mean, Justin Allgaier has eight starts at Martinsville, four in the Cup Series, four in the Xfinity Series. A.J. Allmendinger has 26 starts at Martinsville, oh, 22 wow. in Cup, four in Xfinity. He's got two top fives in Cup. I, mean, I know they're different cars, but, I mean, we always hear about Martinsville being, like, that that rhythm track. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got... Tens of thousands, literally thousands of more laps than some of the guys he'll be racing for a spot in the championship.
4: Yeah, 22 yeah. starts, 11,000 laps. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's that's not shy away from exactly what that means at a track like Martinsville. Um, it, you know, I can handicap them all because I do agree. The, the one thing for AJ is um, whatever he did last week to mentally prepare, that's that's what the new AJ needs to be. Yeah. Um, I don't know when we started giving all these drivers free passes for losing their mind in race cars. You know, Kyle Busch loses his mind and we let him do it because he's so talented. But then AJ does it and he's do it like we have to start holding these athletes to a higher level of accountability when it comes to staying patient or, or at least I'm not judging their character. I'm just going to start judging them on their performance. When you're losing your mind, you're not as good as you are when you're calm. I mean, it's just, I just don't believe it. And last week he was as meticulous on the radio as I've ever seen him and it showed up. He had the great best weekend both on Saturday and Sunday. That's what I need out of AJ. I will add... For all it hit is we are sitting here. The one thing that just pitted the stomach field, he always used to be so good at the road courses, but they've had a lot of brake trouble for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. Every road course we go to, they have this yeah. brake issue. I don't know if it'll work out or not, but it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, all those laps from A.J., Yeah, I mean, I think it's a big advantage.
1: And he's also going to the Cup Series, we know, full-time next year, D.J., so uh, this could be maybe A.J.'s last chance at a significant NASCAR national championship is is this year.
6: Well, at least in this series, but I'm not sure that when he gets up. We're talking about a driver that has more confidence in a stock car than he's ever had in his Mm -hmm. entire life. He's never been at this point to where he's really the man that they want to lead their race team, and their organization, Uh, and and he has done that. He has helped build this College Racing into a powerhouse, if you will, That that, especially in this Xfinity Series. And I I was really impressed because I know that last week at Homestead wasn't one of his better racetracks when you look at it over the years, and he had two good races there, and uh, that's impressive. I I really think that they've started listening even more to the feedback from AJ because I think they've lacked some of that as to – Who do we listen to here? Who is our driver? Uh, A.J. is obviously it for the road courses, but I think they've started understanding that we've got more than just a road racer here uh, with A.J. And and so I think that that's helped him uh, feel more confident, and then listening to him is helping their performance.
4: So I think there's a little bit of an identity thing that's happened at Collig, right? So when they were in Xfinity and Xfinity only, nobody doubted that A.J. was their lead driver. I don't think anybody doubted that. But then they went cup racing, and he didn't make the jump. And while I don't think it was anybody's ideas or he didn't want to do it, I don't know why he didn't make the jump, but I think some people are like, well, maybe he isn't the A guy. Wouldn't he go to cup? Like, it just didn't make sense. Like, the chessboard, you know. But this year, now that he's been announced to go to cup, I just think everybody now looks at him as he deserves to be looked at, right? Which is the guy that's won an open wheel. He's won at the cup level. He's won at the Xfinity level. He's had off-track issues that he's corrected and brought him on track in an unbelievable way. He went back to Saturday, and most importantly, what I like is he's smiling.
5: Like, the guy's a professional
4: race car driver. Be happy. And I think he's in a position in his career and his life on the track, off the track, decisions for Sunday next year. Everything, he just seems like he wants to be in the race car. I know that sounds silly because everybody in the world should want to be a race car driver, but, you know... The best thing to ruin a hobby is to make it your career, right? Because there's pressures yeah. of them, and they're real. We all have that. But A.J. Armendinger, you know, his legacy was kind of already written. At, and now he gets another shot yeah. on Sundays. So I think, um, you know, I do think this is an important race because I do think he wants to go to Phoenix with a shot. He doesn't even have to win a championship, but I think he just wants to go there with a shot at chance. it. Yeah. But he has to yeah. get through Martinsville to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right, DJ. I probably should not write off AJ for the future because. No, but you're right. Yeah. I mean, but, no, but, well, but Cup Series next year, I mean, seven road courses and a street course in Chicago. I like AJ's chances of making big playoff next year with college. All yeah, these young drivers coming it. up, I'm like, yeah. well,
4: AJ, guys, AJ, yeah. AJ, AJ. He wins in a part-time car on Sundays. Yeah. Like, like yeah. he yeah. would be a guy that, I mean, you have to hire and college was smart enough to move him up. Yeah. All right, well, that's the Xfinity Series breakdown. When we
1: come back, a little bit later in the show, we'll talk to Travis Pastrana about Nitro Rallycross. And on the other side, next segment, we'll hear from Ryan Blaney, another Cup Series playoff driver trying to overcome some mistakes in the playoffs.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Back on NASCAR America Motor Mouths, and I mentioned we heard from Ross Chastain earlier today talking playoffs. Ryan Blaney also talking about Martinsville as well earlier, and he had some interesting points to make about whether we could see some paybacks on Sunday.
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, you've seen it in years past, right? Um, Whether this, you know, Martinsville was the first race of the round eight or the final race, um, you've seen it, you know, and it just, this is, it's who is in, you know, what spot, right? Like if you got two guys coming down to the end of a stage that are racing for points, you know, they're going to get physical. Obviously, if it comes down to the end of the race and there's a guy who needs to win and he's racing for the win, he's going to get physical, that's just what it is and um and you are you're gonna know those situations you know you know who you're racing around you know who you're what you're racing for and um keep a memory bank on who's done you wrong throughout the year i i'll be curious to see if any of those uh any of those guys take any of the cash or the checks to the bank and cash them in at martinsville uh but (laughs) um yeah it's just you know you kind of get with the flow of the race. And then in certain situations you decide how aggressive you want to be or not. And and like I said, it's all, depends on who you're racing around too. But uh, I I'm sure there's going to be a wild Martinsville wild fall Martinsville per usual. And, um, you know, you just hope you're, you know, on the clean end of it or on the benefit on the benefiting end of it.
1: (laughs) All right. So there was Ryan Blaney earlier today. He's expecting possibly some paybacks at Martinsville, like there always are hopefully not on his end. He's already had a tough enough, I think, round of eight. And you mm. talked about this as well throughout this interview. And that's pretty much how he was in the interview. I mean, he's, he seems as if he's moved on, Stevie, from Vegas, from the mistake at Homestead me Speedway. You know, he put it in the wall in Vegas and Homestead me Speedway he downshifts when he means the upshift. He seems like he's moved past that. And he's going to have his crew chief, Jonathan Hassler, back as well.
4: I think that's going to help. And I think, you know, this is a team in the offseason, if I'm uh, Roger Penske, we have to sit down and say, okay, so we don't have to worry about going faster. And I don't think we have to worry about communication. Uh, We don't have to worry about believing in one another, like all the things that a lot of teams have to work on. We just need to talk about our our mental toughness throughout the day and our focus throughout the day. And I'm not going to put that purely on Ryan. Now, while he's the driver making mistakes, it's really easy to put him out on an island, but he's not on an island. There's an entire race team. There's multiple people on the radio. Like, this is mental toughness, something that can be learned, can be improved, right? Like, there are certain athletes. We talk about Bubba, right? So Bubba a couple weeks ago made a rash emotional decision that cost him a suspension from one race, right? Nothing on the character. He's gonna come back as a mentally stronger guy and say, I gotta get better at that. Because that emotional decision is the same thing that can hurt you trying to win a race. It's the same emotion, hey, I'm trying to beat you up. I'm now working with emotion and not being calculated. Same issue, different results, right? When I look at Ryan Blaney, spinning out, why are we that close to the edge? Downshifting, that's just purely a mistake. So how did we get there? Is it Jonathan Hassler? Is it something over the winner? You know, how can we get Ryan Blaney? Because I don't think it is his talent, very talented. Yeah. He seems to be in great shape. I don't think it's physically fit. You know, he jumps out of the car, he looks good. It's something literally with mental focus. And, and that can be improved upon. There are a lot of people in the world that do that for a lot of athletes. Golfers come to mind a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that would be the next step for this 12 car because if they, as a team, can find that mental focus and finish out some races, I mean, they could win four or five. I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I don't have Blaney as my guy circled to win Martinsville, but if he does, he's instantly my favorite at Phoenix. Like, if he just finally gets out of the quicksand and says, oh, my goodness, we finished off a race. Like, he instantly is going to be a whole new guy. He's a dangerous team if they can just get over whatever this third stage block is.
6: Yeah. I think he has the perfect person and owner that could sit him down first and talk to him. Now I know Roger has a few more things going on that he can't meet with him on a weekly basis, but... I think that Roger Penske probably sees the same thing and has that conversation that, hey, you know, you've you've probably been the fastest of our cars and drivers all year long, uh, but we can't get to the end, and we have to figure that out and and go through what that takes and what he sees there. So, um, so talented a driver, you, you want to see him do well uh, because you understand how good he is for the sport and and the things that. Uh, a win and, and racing for a championship here in a couple of weeks could could be for the sport and for him uh, to do that, and, and it would not shock me to to see him be able to do that. But these races, you know, the intensity in them now is I'm not going to say it's it's more so, but because you're racing so many people and 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 in groups of cars. So much more now than what you were uh, in years past, because of how close the competition is, makes this even more difficult to do for the long periods of time. You know, there's not a race out here that's less than three hours long, and and keeping your mental focus for that period of time can be difficult. Uh, and so, it's something that you have to to strengthen yourself and and get yourself accustomed to being able to do, especially in doing that last thirty to forty-five minutes of these races. I want to ask you real quick, DJ.
1: You mentioned it. I mean. Golf, auto racing are two sports where there's, there's a huge mental side. That's true in all professional sports, but I think especially in the solitary competition of those two individual sports and mm-hmm. obviously Hall of Fame driver and I think a scratch golfer uh, a lot of the yeah, time. Many or,
6: years ago. Or, yeah, two many years, years
1: ago. <laughs> um, should a sports psychologist kind of come into play here for Ryan Blaine? I don't know if that was true when you were driving. You know, KP was talking about this earlier this week that you know maybe all of these drivers should be embracing that mental side a little bit more.
6: Mm. I, I think it's something that you have to deal with because it's just another side. You know, I always looked, I, I, I always stayed in shape uh, physically, but I, I saw a side, too, that you think about the millions of dollars that are spent by a race team to pick up a half a tenth or a tenth of a second with the race car, with parts and pieces back when you could make yeah, special right. parts and pieces, uh, but still trying to, to spend the money to do whatever you So I figured out that, okay, if we're spending this to pick up a half a tenth or a tenth, And if I get myself, not that I was falling out of the seat or, you know, felt that bad. A lot of it was done so I could be better to see my kids uh, when I got home from a race and stuff. But I also figured out that if I could get myself in a little better shape and if I was physically better, then I mentally was going to be better. Uh, at the end of these races, which if other people are struggling at that time, then that gives me an advantage that we didn't have to pay millions of dollars. It might have just taken another hour per week or thirty minutes a day in, in my physical preparation and helping me to be better. And that if you're better physically, then you're going to be better mentally. But I'm not discharging the fact that that maybe this should be help there. You know, I had someone in my household uh, that I could go talk to, and that was my dad. That no, you know, that I don't care what kind of degree someone has, they're not going to shoot me as straight and understand more. Uh, so I, I was fortunate to have that. Ryan has that with his dad who is yeah, who is sure. there in uh, sure. Dave Blaney. But, you know, find that person that can help you. I, I wouldn't disagree with that at all because, you know, you're always looking for just all it takes sometimes is just that slight edge if you can get that.
4: Listen, the best golfers in the world have a team of six, eight or ten people that travel with them from chefs to psychologists to swing coaches to putting coaches to the Like, it's, it's not a weakness. Yeah. Like, if yeah. you're not yeah. willing to – if, if I'm a crew chief and I'm barely sleeping at night trying to find the one-tenth of a second or one count of front down force, we're turning over every stone, right? Like like a really smart guy told me a long time ago, you know, decide which one you want to be. There are some that need therapy and those that are in therapy, right? Like, like <laughs> you're, you're – like and my point is professional sports is are so – Tough, right? Like it is not a weakness yeah. to say, you know what? I need someone to make me better. I look, I can jump rope, I can run, I can do this. Everybody's accepted the fact that that physical preparation. Like when when is the world going to accept that mental preparation can be just as important? Doesn't matter how strong you are. If your CPU, if your processor, we talk a lot about concussions. Yeah. If your processor isn't telling your hands the feet to do what you your, this unbelievable talent you have at your absolute peak performance then you might be getting beat by somebody who
1: has it. Yeah, no question. Well, Ryan Blaney, hoping to avoid those mistakes this weekend. When I asked him today, would it be redemptive if he has a good weekend at Martinsville? He said, only if I make it to the championship round. (laughs) So, no pressure for Ryan Blaney. When we come back, we'll talk Martinsville predictions for Sunday, and we'll also talk to this guy, Travis Pastrana, the man behind Nitro Rallycross, when we come back on the other side.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic.
3: Hey, I'm Travis Machano, 11-time X-Game gold medalist and founder of Nitro Circus. And now, we are bringing the most action-packed motorsport in all of racing straight to your living room, Nitro Rallycross. Cars that fly, tracks that thrill.
6: This should be good, this could be good.
3: Do not want to miss all the door-to-door action that you're gonna see.
2: We've never seen racing like this before. Be
3: sure to check out Nitro Rallycross, returning to Glen Helen, October 29th and 30th. Check it out live on Peacock.
1: There you go, Nitro Rallycross, which is on Peacock all season, part of the menu of motorsports options on the NBC Sports Networks this weekend. We've got the Series Martinsville Saturday, Cup Series Martinsville Sunday, and Dale Jr. Download tomorrow on Peacock. Marcus Smith, the guest. And now joining us, as promised, from Nitro Rallycross, it's Travis Pastrana. Travis, thanks for being here. Uh, second season for this series. You've got a global schedule this year. I know you're out in the Los Angeles area. This weekend, you've got a new car this season. A lot happening for Nitro Rallycross.
3: Yeah, thousand horsepower electric car. There was three of the biggest crashes we've had. I mean, like nine roll tumbles. Uh, (laughs) You have so much power at your uh, your feet, and at the end of the day, you don't have any sound to gauge it on. So a lot of the guys getting themselves in trouble. But finally back on the U.S. I I like going over to Europe, but now we got the big jumps and uh, ready to send it here in uh, L.A.
4: Well, first of all, the format is exciting. Uh, The the fans said it's like nothing they've ever seen. I would agree. I've caught a few of these races. They're unbelievable. I'm going to talk about it. You get some crossover. We saw Kyle Busch a year ago, former NASCAR guy. Scott Speed's been over there a little bit. We know Chase Elliott's going to come run some. How much fun is it to see these guys that are used to kind of only turning left, having to figure out both directions and leaving the ground a little bit? I've said it before and I'll say it again. There's no better drivers on the face of the earth
3: than NASCAR. I got my butt kicked when I was trying to turn left uh, with you guys for a couple of years. And uh, Scott Speed's awesome, man. He's been, uh, like you said, he's been the kind of the coach for uh, Kyle Larson as, as well as Bowman, the mental trainer. Like you said, is, uh, is becoming really important in NASCAR. Uh, he's, you know, we tied for the, the championship last year, uh, edged him out on wins. But I tell you right there, you're seeing Kyle. Uh, Kyle Busch, he came over, he got fourth. He qualified for the main event, got fourth place, and I was like, man, congratulations. He was so disappointed. He's like, absolutely, in no (laughs) world should uh, should Scott Speed ever beat me. So that was (laughs) a brought the the sun out. Had a blast. But um, you know, even um, yeah, Chase Elliott made the final, uh, doing really, really well. Uh, Looking forward to seeing. Hopefully, in Logano got in one of the electric cars. That's that's a lot of fun.
6: So, Travis, now that you've had time with this, uh, with the cars, the new cars, and I know uh, track design has been something big uh, since you started this, uh, where are you going from here? Uh, I know you still have uh, some events left uh, for this season that goes in, I believe, to to 2023. uh, But what's next on the horizon for you?
3: Well, we have two events uh, this year that end the season in the snow. Uh, So that's going to be sketchy. I just really hope, I mean, sketchy in a good way. Uh, hopefully it's cold enough up there in Canada this winter to, uh, to get some good ice form down. We'll have over-under crosses in the snow. Going to be a lot of fun go back in Alberta. And then uh, actually that schedule we moved that last round in Vegas is going to go down to the, the Freedom Factory. I don't know if it's been announced yet, but uh, the good old boys down south have some fun and uh, get some bigger jumps than we've ever had before. So it's going to end up real strong this year.
1: Yeah, as we look at that schedule there, we've got, uh, I think, uh, Chase Elliott will be at that Phoenix round as well. And, like, you've got that huge international expansion there that we were talking about, Travis. You were just in Europe, going oh, over to Canada, Saudi Jent-
3: Arabia. Yeah, Jensen Button as well. Jensen came over. Oh. Uh, he did oh, this wow. first round last week. But to get an F1, a 2009 world champion and a you know, former cup world champion, hopefully a, a- current cup world Champions. so we can have to final race we'll see what uh what chase can do and then the rest of the series but um it's just so many people stepping in we got Car drivers we got nascar we got uh you know a lot of off-road truck guys jumping in like uh, andrew carlson uh, it's been really fun just to kind of mix everyone where you have just an open car with so much horsepower um you know there's a lot of a lot of people talking negative on electric, but it just I mean, at 50 mile an hour, you still knock the wind
4: out of you when you hit the gas. So it's, it's been fun to get used to. So, well, hey, I help me with the format now, because Quebec, I'm from Maine. Quebec sounds like a great time anytime. And now I get to see some <laughs> Riley Cross in the snow. So when I'm going to head to Quebec, I now have it on my calendar. What day do I need to get there? So I know we race the weekend, but like when is on track action? What does the weekend look like for the fans that want to come out and see it in person?
3: Well, definitely the drivers are all getting there. Probably Wednesday, we're all figuring out the jumps. Uh, usually get a dirt bike out. I'm not sure we need some studded tires for that one. Uh, but yeah, generally, uh, you know, Friday night, it's a good little pit party, and then Saturday and Sunday, uh, everyone's out there. It's it's fun because it's it's a lot more laid back, kind of grassroots than uh, than your big NASCAR. But you get these guys coming out there, like your Chase Elliotts and your uh, Kyle Bushes and um, Scott Speeds and uh, Jensen Buttons. Heck, the the field is stacked, and everybody's approachable. Everyone's talking. You know, everyone's hanging out and. That scared mostly on the some of the big jumps, but uh, also really approachable. So definitely fun fun to come hang out the whole weekend.
1: Yeah, having all those personalities, I'm sure, no, brings a lot great. of fan bases yeah. for you, Travis. Well, uh, Saturday, 5 Eastern, Sunday, 5 Eastern on Peacock like it is all season. Nitro Rally Cross, You can check out Travis Pastran. Travis, thanks for joining us.
3: Thanks for your time, guys.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. All right, so there you go. Nice Nitro Rallycross. Quebec,
4: don't sleep on Quebec. Great Quebec? city. Great <laughs> time. Great time.
1: Well, I'm going to move it from Canada, from the Quebec area, to Martinsville. Uh, two places the I know get paired, compared a lot. Yeah, a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> what do we think about Martinsville Speedway? I guess, do we think that we're going to see a win-and-in type situation? Do you think we might see the 20th winner this season? I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios we could be seeing this Sunday on NBC.
4: I think Saturday we have a repeat winner in the playoffs already. Uh, they have Noah, Noah or Josh Berry. I think they're so good, they're going to be right up there. Grinding away, I do believe we're going to have a win in advance on the cup series. I don't know if it'll come from below, but somebody between Ross and Briscoe, somebody in there, whether it's Chase, William Byron won the repeat, Denny Hamlin, I'm not sure who it's going to be, but I believe another playoff driver wins this weekend and guarantees a spot at Phoenix.
6: Yeah, I know everybody's looking to Sunday. Don't miss this Xfinity race on Saturday. I, I really believe I, I'm going for an underdog winning there. Uh, I think Sam Mayer is going to find a way uh, to beat and bang his way if he doesn't even have the best car. But he's going to find himself in the mix. And I really believe he might upset the the apple cart here and and, uh, win his way in. And, Sunday, I really think somebody's still in. I'm looking for William Byron to have another good run here.
1: Yeah, we didn't even talk about William Byron. Or Chase Elliott, regular season champion, trying to ensure that he makes it to Phoenix. Uh, Yeah, a lot to watch on Saturday. Qualifying the Xfinity race. I'll go Danny Hamlin. That's my pick.
4: Hey, listen. It's going to be a full weekend. You can't go wrong.
1: Yeah, every day. If you're
4: wrong, we'll let you know, (laughs) that. That's right.
1: NBC on Sunday, the cup race, setting up Phoenix. Thanks for watching NASCAR America Motor Mouse.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line.